Now let's cast a line with Mick and Rudolph in Fishy Tales, only on Chat Sapphire KZN. Hi Rudolph, hi listeners, welcome back to another episode of Fishy Tales, and um, I can't wait to pick up on the last episode when we were talking about the sardine run, uh, so let's kick off talking about that Rudolph. Hi Mick, yes, uh, hi listeners, yeah once again um, we stuck with the sardine run, it's still sardine run time for us, and um still fresh in our memory, all these great fish we caught to the sardines. Um, we've gone through a bit of a quiet period now in the sardine run, but hopefully um, things will change in this, and we might have a bit more action before the end of the season. Oh, I can't wait, Rudolph. I hope it hasn't finished. We're at the that stage where they either could come or they might go out to sea, but hey, look, we're getting spoiled. We've had the best one I've ever experienced. I'd like some more, but um, if it doesn't come, it doesn't come. But um, just remind me of a story there, Rudolph. Last year, I was on my jet ski in the middle of the sardines, and um, I did a Facebook Live. I put the um, GoPro under the water, and then when I got back to the house, I put all the footage onto Facebook. And somebody said to me, why didn't you jump in? And I have to tell you, Rudolph, I probably made one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. <laughs> and I said, if, you get a th- if I get a 1,000 likes... I'll jump in the shawl. Oh, that's a big mistake you made, dear. Oh, my word, Rudolph. My <laughs> phone started beeping, and I thought, no, what have I done? And you can't believe it, but the next day, there was no sardines. And the next day, there was no sardines. And the next day, there was no sardines. So that was the end of the 2019 sardine run. But somebody reminded me last week, Rudolph, <laughs> I made a commitment last year to jump in. And um, I have to tell you, though, I want to honour my commitment but this year, I've seen so many sharks. I didn't jump in. So. I honestly don't blame you, Mick. Um, what we saw this year and the amount of huge sharks out there, the last thing I'd do is jump in into the sardines because you might just become part of the food chain. Oh, no, Rudolph. <laughs> I was seriously considering it, but uh, you might have talked me out of it again. So what type of sharks are there in there, Rudolph? Because I've seen some big new-news in there. Uh, yeah, Mick, um, it's it's quite funny that over the last few years when the sardines come, we get different shoals of sharks coming in. Generally, um, 2018, 2019, it was huge bronze whalers that came through. So those were the main shoals of, of shark, were big bronze whaler sharks from the Cape. But this year was a bit different. This year we found lots of grey sharks, um, dusky sharks, which is unusual for us to see. Most of the sharks we, we landed were dusky sharks. In between, we got the odd spinner shark, the odd regatou shark, and I can't even remember seeing a bronze whaler shark this year where I fished. There were obviously a few around, but so I, I think it's different uh, shoals of sharks that, that follow these sardines, depending where they are. Um, the bronze whalers are most probably down south, where those pockets of sardines are still caught up in the trans sky and they're still on their way up. But yeah, it is absolutely amazing seeing some of these huge sharks. Some of them weigh over 400 kilos, and then they're in the shallows where they net the sardines in knee deep water trying to eat the sardines. It's just a sight you can never ever forget when you see that. Um, I remember uh, we were fishing an area called Ankababa, just left of Ankamas this year. And we were standing in the water on a sandbank, wading and throwing our spoons and jig and drop gear into the sardines to get some fish. And the next minute, the water exploded in front of me, a meter from me. And one of these 400 kilo sharks just lifted his head out and I just saw teeth. And I thought to myself, I better be careful. <laughs> we, we're in a dangerous area here. And, but it's just absolutely amazing to see those big beasts come so close to the shore. 
Oh, that's incredible, Rudolph. I think you're talking me out of this uh, commitment I've made. But on a scale of 1 to 10, or oh, we won't go through all the sharks, but which one would you rather jump in with and which one would you definitely not jump in the water with? <laughs> Mick, um, yeah, if, if you, I don't know, um, we used to sharks and, and we spend a lot of time wading through the water and I honestly don't think sharks will want to attack us as humans. Um, if you get bitten by a shark in the sardine run, it's going to be by chance. Um, these sharks are swimming around with their mouths open, just eating what they can see, um, sardines and stuff. So if you get in their way, you're going to get bitten. But I don't think the sharks are going to attack you um, because they are so focused on those sardines. But if you have to ask me which one I would rather jump in the water with... Um, I prefer none of them. <laughs> um, from my fishing and angling experience, one of the sharks I'm very scared of is a regatou shark. They they seem very slow and, and sluggish, but they're one of those species that are, like we call them the puff adders of the sea. When you catch them, they're very lazy and easy to land, but they are very, very fast when it comes to their biting. So I, I'm quite scared of a regatou shark. Um, I said I won't pick one of the others either. <laughs> but if I had to choose one, I, I think I'll be this. I'll feel the safest with a species like a blackfin or a uh, bronze whaler shark because they got smaller mouths. And they can't take off such big pieces. <laughs> 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 wow. So so that leads me on to another subject. Is that um, while you were talking there, I was thinking about the scuba divers, and I have actually dived before with the raggies and. I agree, they look lazy, um, but I've also learned that in cold water, the total opposite of that. But um, just speaking about the scuba divers, those poor guys have had a bit of a tough time down where we are, and of course this year they haven't been able to bring the international tourists in, they haven't even brought the guys from up country, and uh, for a lot of the lockdown period, these poor guys haven't dived themselves. Um, it's been a hard time for scuba divers. Oh, shame, yes, um the poor guys, they could only sit and watch us on the beach and they really lost out in one of the best sardine runs ever and I feel very, very sorry for them. And let's hope we have a very good one next year so they can make up what they lost this year. Yeah, I agree, Rudolph. Uh, the sardine run is um, all about sharing it with everybody. At least we got chance to do uh, some filming. At least we got chance to talk about it and write about it. But if it is over, we look forward to next year. If we get a bit more action, we'll jump in on it. For but sure. Mick, have you got any interesting stories to tell us about shark encounters out there and, and the big blue ocean? Oh, yeah, definitely, Rudolph. So um, the first one comes to my mind straight away is um, when I was out on my jet ski one day and uh, I just caught a tuna. And there was a little bit of blood in the footwells and the water was washing up onto the footwells and the blood was coming off the back. <laughs> And um, I wouldn't have normally took any notice, but I felt something pull the jet ski backwards. <laughs> um, this sounds like a fishy tale, but honestly, it's true. It's always I turned around, and there's a black tip showing me his gnashes behind and actually pulling the jet ski backwards in this crunching noise, uh, which I'll never forget. But thankfully for me, I only had the scratches, so I could tell everybody the tale about it, and no harm was done, no sharks harmed, and, and um, I wasn't harmed. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you were a bit nervous after that, Mick. Um, I always look at you guys on your, on your, especially on the, on the skis, and I think, yeah, you know, those sharks are so close to you, and there's a smell of fish in the water, and they, they try and bite the skis every now and then, so it can be quite scary out there with those big sharks. 
Oh, definitely Rudolph. Um, I'm trying to think when it was. Was it last year or the year before? It was June, yeah, 2018. My friend um, from, well, not far from you in Widnam there, uh, Muir Robertson, he was out fishing off Scott Brownie's kayak and uh, they'd literally launched like 20 minutes before. And he was with another guy, uh, Sean Van Ransberg, a toady boy, and Muir was going fishing slowly on his kayak, nice flat calm ocean there off Scottborough. Hey, next thing, his great white came up and grabbed hold of the back of his kayak and turned him, literally twisted the kayak and tipped him off the kayak. And um, when I heard about it, I couldn't believe it. I had quickly dashed to Scottborough and I actually interviewed Muir on the beach at Scottborough as it had happened. And I promise you, if you ever see that video on my social media, I am shaking like a leaf. And Muir stood there with his shoulders back and his chest out telling this story <laughs> like he's so proud of this great white getting hold of the back of the kayak. And I just, I was honestly shaking. And then I interviewed Sean, our mutual friend, and I said, what do you think about this whole episode, Sean? And he said, Mick, I turned round and I seen that shark come out the water, slowly grab the kayak, tip him off the kayak, and then the next thing there was splash, 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 and then Mew's head popped up, and then he disappeared, he went underwater. He said, I started paddling towards him. I thought he'd gone, you know. <laughs> and then he popped back up and got on the kayak, and he said to him, why were you so long? And he said, no, he tried to turn the kayak over and the rod was in the way, so he dived back under to, <laughs> to put the rod right. So once he realised he was okay, they were headed off back to the beach. And, you know, we continued the story and we looked at all the scratches and teeth marks on the kayak. But I, I have to tell you, I hope that never happens to me. <laughs> That's it, for sure. It must be absolutely terrifying when, it's, when that happens to you. And I'm sure when Mia was out there, he didn't calmly pedal back to the shore. I think it took him two minutes from backline back to the beach because obviously his ski was leaking water after the shark put holes in it as well. Yeah, for sure, Rudolph, yeah. It just so happened Sean actually had one of those GPS loggers and they show you calmly going through the backline. <laughs> they paddle out to sea about a kilometre and a half and then you see the kayaks going round and round on the GPS logger <laughs> and then straight back to Scottsboro Point. <laughs> quick, quick, quick. Yeah. Oh, no, that's, that's very scary. Well, let's, let's hope no one gets hurt like that one day. But those sharks are out there and that's part of our sport and we must respect them. It's their world we are in and everybody knows we respect sharks and we really try and conserve them. Just a little quick story. When um, many years ago, my son was about eight years old or so, we still lived up in Zululand, and that's where I did the bulk of my, my shore fishing, where I learned my trade. Um, we were fishing for diamond ray or butterfly rays in summer months. Um, there's lots of them up there in the Tenzini area. And I remember the one specific day, my son, myself, and a friend, Renier, were at Tenzini Main Beach fishing. And my son hooked his first diamond ray or butterfly ray. And being eight years old, he, he took it quite long to land the fish normally you land them quite quickly they're not the strongest fish in the world but he nursed it a bit and he didn't have the strength to pull it and i saw the butterfly ray in the shallows in knee deep water and i walked in to grab it and the next minute this ambizi shark of three or four hundred kilos just came cruising from <laughs> back line into the shallows and bumped this uh, 40 50 kilo butterfly ray out of the water right between my legs and as I turned around to shout to my son, Michael said, Michael, did you see it? 
I looked up and Michael and he was standing on the back of the dunes, <laughs> white in the face, big eyes. So um, I must say, I also got a big fright because that shark was literally like five meters from me. And it just, he took one huge bite out of this diamond ray. And that was it. They are so scary. When you get these close encounters, you realize the power of that fish. And then that's when you realize you don't want to be at the wrong end of this shark. Oh, can you believe it? Um, the thankful thing for me, I think, Rudolph, is those, cl- those, those are great stories to you, what I've told and you've told. But fortunately for us, they're few and far between. And it's a lot safer out there than we're actually making out, Rudolph. So we mustn't let the sharks upset our enjoyment for the sport. So I think um, we conclude that then and we'll tell some more of our stories next week. So thanks for being here again, Rudolph. Uh, bye and bye to the listeners. Yes, yes, thanks a lot, Mick. Yeah, we're not trying to give the sharks a bad name here. Um, we respect the sharks, and generally we're quite safe with them out there. And yes, thanks for listening to the stories, and we'll chat again next week.